Hello and welcome to The Dish, Connectivity Business News Podcast. My name is Madeline Durrett, Associate Editor at Connectivity Business News. And today we're speaking with Dan Lasada, Vice President of International Sales at Hughes Network Systems about the company's multi-transport connectivity business. Dan, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. And I know that Hughes recently had an order to OneWeb for its electronically steered antennas. Um, today, I'd like to start off talking about your phased array antennas. What sure. makes Hughes phased array antennas different? Um, how will they optimize Leo's service? Yeah, the Hughes phased array antenna, you know, it's a flat panel antenna, which is very low profile. And actually, one of the benefits of it is that it contains no moving parts. So it makes it ideal for mobile or even fixed connectivity. The antenna, which unlike many other, you know, technologies that, that have been developed to date right today, was engineered specifically for Leo connectivity, which has some very challenging requirements, you know, because of the speed of the satellites, the LEO satellite move, and how often you have to do the uh, handoffs of this. The antenna is capable of seamless handoffs, basically, between satellites, from one satellite beam to the next one, every 11 seconds, and one satellite to the next every three minutes. So seamlessly tracking LEO satellites and also enabling high-speed, low-latency connectivity. We, we get speeds of up to 195 megabits per second down and 30, 32 megabits per second up, using this antenna. We're very proud of this. I mean, the engineering talent at Hughes was working really hard on this for the last few years. It, it took a depth of all our RF knowledge, you know, for many years working with microwave technology, the intellectual property, the patents that we've developed, and the skills to really bring this to bear. We uh, will provide OneWeb, in fact, over 10,000 of these LEO terminals and incorporate this phase array antenna Starting production maybe the second half of this year, we expect to be delivering these in late summer. We think it's a real, you know, uh, differentiator and a disruptor in the market right now for satellite communications. Thank you. Are they also expected to lower costs for customers compared to other antennas that don't have um, fixed non-moving parts? Yeah, of course. I mean, the the fact that these are going to be mass produced in in our factory and that, as you said, they don't have moving parts means the cost of manufacturing is a lot lower. There are some enterprise, uh, other types of terminals that are geared at maybe some higher, um, you know, throughputs or other things that might be a little more expensive. So there are a uh, a whole series of terminals that are be available or portfolio for this service, but this is this is meant to be the antenna to be used in in the lower cost applications or in a lot of the moving um, you know app platforms that we're going to be targeting. Thank you. And is is OneWeb your biggest customer for these? And do you have any other customers you can name? So at this stage, the OneWeb is the customer that is being targeted for this solution. So a lot of the optimization for their uh, constellation and every, uh, a lot of the work has been done very closely with them. And, and as you saw, we got an order for over 10,000 of these from them. Thank you. And would you also talk a bit more about how Hughes' satellite system roaming works? What enabling technologies allow the Jupiter-equipped vessels or aircraft 
to roam into other Jupiter powered systems. And what about what do you use to for roaming between geo and NGSO satellites? That's kind of a, a few questions in one. <laughs> no, but which is a it's, it's a very relevant topic right now, obviously, because of the um, kind of ecosystem that it's, that's starting to develop now between the geostationary satellites and the low Earth orbit satellites and being able to kind of interact and coexist between them with the same hardware or solutions overall. And and in fact, for our geosystems, as as you were asking, the Jupiter system is the workforce uh, technology that we have. We have. The Jupiter system has been deployed now you know, around the world by hundreds of different customers that use it for their broadband and, and enterprise applications. It it is a very advanced system using the DBVX, you know, DBVS2X protocol. It is the most deployed. We have a, a you know the largest market share out there. Now it allows the this Jupiter system allows you to roam between different beeps and different satellites while maintain is maintaining a seamless connection between terminals with you know some of the technology that we use with make or break or other types of um you know features that we've developed into the system we we this op, this allows the customer to operate with no interruption of the service you know because we are able to establish a new connection before the the previous connection has dropped off so we're ready as soon as the the transport is ready then the the IP the IP pro, uh, the IP session continues its connection um, we do this through uh, interfacing with the antenna system, with the overall ground system, with the IP system, so that we can equally, you know, always maintain knowledge of what's happening in the network and then prepare for when these changes are going to have. We have um, a centralized architecture that allows all the data and everything that's happening to basically be um, concentrated in a location, uh, which we've deployed with some of our uh, some of our customers already in our own networks um, that allows all the data to go into a data center from where we can easily know where, what satellite or what beam and what satellite, you know, this this particular connection has to happen. So we always know if you have an aircraft, we don't know what beam and what gateway they're connected to and can always maintain that that connection, you know, so that the user doesn't perceive any loss of connectivity as an aircraft or a platform is roaming between different uh, Jupiter systems. So it seems like streamlining, consolidating is kind of the focus here. Yeah, and, and it's a good point. You also, um, you know, I didn't talk about the integration between GEO and LEO and, and, and in fact, also MEO. You know, in the last couple of years, we did demonstrations with uh, SES on roaming between their MEO satellites, their you know, O3B satellite and a geo satellite seamlessly using the same terminals. So you know, we can do the same technology instead of roaming between geo satellites to also be able to roam between Leo, MEO or geo satellites. You know, there are some air interface you know, uh, requirements that have to be bridged, but at the very IP level or the the session of a data connection, we can maintain this with the technology that we have. Thank you. And on the topic of Jupiter 3, is it still in pace to launch this quarter or the next? Um, and how do you expect it to impact your international business? Sure. 
Look, launching and bringing this uh, Jupiter 3 satellite into service is, is our highest priority, um, and we need this to meet our customers' requirements for connectivity, including, you know, of course, our HughesNet, uh, you know, direct-to-home business. Um, it's on track to launch in the first half of this year, and at this point, we're talking about a Q2 launch time frame. Uh, once in operation, the Jupiter 3 will really be a game changer for us. You know, it's the largest communication satellite ever created with uh, over 500 gigabits of high throughput satellite connectivity, really doubling the size of the Jupiter fleet over North America and South America, you asked about internationally. It'll bring amp, you know, new capacity uh, to grow our satellite internet service, our own, our HughesNet service, and but also allow us to grow our aeronautical and enterprise business because now we have higher bandwidth. We can now start addressing some of the with lower cost per bit. So we can start addressing some markets that maybe we haven't gotten into before. So this new technology really opens new markets for us. It's a big deal. You know, we're seeing connectivity demands growing more and more in these markets. Not only more people getting online, but they're asking for more bandwidth. You know, for example, ABI research notes that 77 million people in Latin America live in rural areas and estimates that the serviceable, addressable market for satellite communications in the region will grow over to to more than 28 million premises by 2026. So we're very optimistic in Jupiter 3. We think it'll meet all these increasing needs and will help uh, drive our growth, especially in Latin America. You asked about international. So that's where we're pushing a lot of, um, you know, of new capabilities into the market. So that's probably your, your number one place um, outside of the U.S.? Correct. Okay. It is. Yes. And well, that's where the satellite has coverage. And, and so uh, we are focusing on on pre preparing the market for this additional capacity that's coming. Yes. Thank you. And I know you've also placed a focus on ground systems. And would you elaborate on their role in operators ability to deliver 4G and eventually 5G? Sure. We talked about the Jupiter system earlier. It is the most widely used VSAT platform out there today. It, it powers cellular backhaul, community Wi-Fi, aeronautical, maritime mobility, and internet access applications. You know, enabling 5G is a long-term opportunity for, for us, for the satellite companies. And we see that our Jupiter system in particular playing a, a key role in facilita- facilitating this growth. Because it not only is the Jupiter system already ready for that, we've already done a lot of uh, testing and validation of the flight platform's capability to really interoperate with 5G ORAN, Open RAN networks, uh, systems, and then with any of the 3GPP standards-based or standalone deployments. So it's already ready technically to interface with the 5G systems, but it, and also, we are planning to use it ourselves in our own managed service for being able to provide connectivity to a lot of the telcos in the areas where we cover with our own satellites this capability. So the more we learn about how to use it in our own managed service, the more we'll be able to work with partners that use our technology to address the 5G growth around the world. It is a real, it's, it's a future-ready solution for them to use. As we see you know, the continued deployments of 5G starting in the rural, in the, sorry, in the urban areas, you know, a lot of the 
a lot of the the networks and the equipment that were deployed for 4G networks will start really being able to roll out into the more rural areas where they'll start demanding more and more capability for those 5G networks. And that's where the satellite connectivity will really make a big difference is in the fact that all these new 4G locations that used to be in the urban areas that are getting moved, displaced by the 5G networks will now demand capability, you know, all this bandwidth in the, in the more rural areas. So we've been doing this already. We've been doing 2G, 3G, and 4G in a big way. We're, we're growing this. We're, we're monitoring the, all these USO and, and, uh, the, uh, requirements that telcos have to deploy this connectivity to the more rural areas. And we'll be the partner of choice for them to get there. And then on top of that, we'll then merge in the Leo capability with OneWeb so that in areas maybe where we don't have coverage, we'll also be able to offer full coverage solution using a mix of Leo and Geo. And then if for some of the traffic that has to be low latency, we, we'll send it on Leo while using Geo for the less, you know, latency sensitive traffic. So we've got a really good uh, strategy to to address this 5G growth. And do you have kind of a, a rough timeline of when you think um, 5G will be available in these areas? Well, I mean, 5G is already starting to get rolled out in some of the countries where we we offer uh, managed services. Chile, for example, is already starting doing 5G. Uh, Brazil is auctioning all the 5G uh, networks right now. We are, um, Colombia is going to be fi- auctioning the 5G spectrum this year. Um, so a lot of these markets are really in the, in the fledgling, uh, part of the 5G deployment. And, uh, we're ready for that. Thank you. And as a managed services provider, what role does satellite broadband play in supporting SD WAN networks? So, you know, we have over half a million network sites today that we manage that don't necessarily all use satellite. In fact, many of them already use ter- use terrestrial for connectivity, but use our SD-WAN uh, solution for mostly enterprise locations, pretty much all of them. We've deployed our own SD-WAN out of those 500, you know, over 52,000 of these use our own SD-WAN product. And the others we manage your third-party solutions, or we are the provider of the whole network. So we don't only do satellite. Um, we use the expertise we've developed, you know, connecting using satellite to then offer a full turnkey solution for them. So we 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 really ensure that every every SD-WAN connection has the best connectivity for that location. If it's satellite, great. If it's terrestrial, Great. Also, we can do it either one. We can do it on wireline, wireless, satellite, anything. You know, obviously, satellite is a great solution for some particular locations where there are no alternatives or where even the terrestrial connectivity might be very poor because maybe you have some old copper lines going in. So and then we can offer the reliability and the cost per bit of satellite connectivity, especially with the new HDS satellites that we talked about for Jupiter 3. So we we really are agnostic to the connectivity solution of course we're partial to satellite because we're a big we're a big player in that world but we can offer the the connectivity through all of them for example we also have the capability of using satellites as a backup in in a 
big way because terrestrial circuits, as you know, always need some backup and satellite is it's a it's another transport path different from what they use in terrestrial that gives us that reliability that they would need. Thank you. And you've kind of touched upon this um, for my last question. You talked about a lot of technologies. You said that Hughes is agnostic to its connectivity solutions. Um, but is there one in particular that you're most excited about um, that you would say gives Hughes the biggest competitive edge? Look, uh, Hughes is more than just a satellite operator, right? We are also a ground system provider, a technology innovator, and a managed services provider. So we do all these three things. And in each, in each one of those, we continue um, innovating. And the thing that really differentiates Hughes is how we bring all those things together in, in an intelligent ecosystem, which we call the active comms ecosystem. The capability really makes us different from other players in the industry. You know, we are a some that, for example, you know, some are really primarily focused maybe on only internet connectivity, business or consumers. Some are focused on one particular orbit or transport type. Some are satellite operators but don't have their own ground systems. Many offer technologies but not services. So we when it comes to our own specific products and services, you know, we bring all those things together into one single ecosystem. So that product is really what excites us a lot is the fact that we are the provider of, you know, a single plane of glass where you show up and we can provide you the full solution for what you're looking for. Connectivity, we can bring in the geo satellites, the greatest satellites with Jupiter-3, we can bring you the OneWeb, you know, low Earth, low Earth orbit satellite connectivity. And then with our Fusion, for example, we can bring you low latency connectivity, 4G blended with satellite, all of them in, in one single solution. Thank you so much. That's all the time we have for today. I want to thank you again, Dan, for joining us. Yeah, this my is my pleasure. Been- The Dish Podcast by Connectivity Business News. Thank you. Thank you.